May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, quite a few of the cathedral team went to the uh, National Cathedrals Conference in Manchester. Uh, It was uh, an interesting thing. Nearly 500 people gathered in Manchester Cathedral to talk about all things cathedral-ish. I don't know what happened to the cathedrals while everybody was there, but everybody uh, in cathedrals seemed to be there. So uh, I do hope we didn't feel lonely. And the team that were left uh, looked after you uh, amazingly well, obviously. It was a very interesting three days. And one of the uh, talks we had was about... What do our cathedrals say about Jesus? You may think, well, cathedrals stand for Jesus. That's what we stand for. Uh, Surely everything should say something about Jesus. But it was interesting to note that uh, we are very good at marketing ourselves. And as somebody who's uh, supposed to be, I, I use that term, uh, carefully and wise, is supposed to be uh, in charge of the media and the marketing and how we uh, project ourselves out into the city and to the region, I can tell you it's quite a task. But cathedrals these days, we, we've got to market ourselves. We've got to ensure that we're very clear about what our mission is, what our values are, what we do. And uh, over the last uh, Five years or so since the, uh, the Gateway Project uh, uh, finished or, or moved on to the next stage, uh, we've been attempting to ensure that we live up to our name as a place for all people. If people come through the doors, or when people come through the doors, what do they experience? I have to be very careful not to push the cathedral towards some sort of Jesus franchise like uh, people who buy into a franchise and a certain sandwich shop or or a coffee shop, etc. We must try to avoid that because we're unable to turn Jesus into a product, a label. We're unable to protect Jesus with our strap lines. We're unable to somehow copyright Jesus. And here in this instance in Jesus' life, we see the disciples uh, reporting that there's something else happening. People are talking about you, Jesus, and doing things with your name, and they are not following us. This is clearly a situation where they were trying to protect the copyright. They were trying to protect their investment in the Jesus franchise. We tried to stop him because he was not following us. We need to be constantly surprised that often Jesus gets there before we do. Many, many people come here into the cathedral and visit already knowing something of Jesus. And we as a community need to be ready to welcome To not think that we somehow have this magic key and we will tell them. We need to be a place where people can come already with their sense of God. With their hunger for Jesus. Already with the fact that for many, many people, Jesus is touching their lives. We must be careful not to become us and them followers. 
in some sort of patronising way, we've got something for you and we are the only ones who can deliver it. A sort of competition. Who can and who cannot use the name of Jesus? Jesus challenges this viewpoint of the disciples with some very difficult images. Some very powerful and violent images. Millstones. Amputations. It's very, very extreme imagery. This is Jesus using hyperbole. He's saying in block capitals, in bold. Apparently, if you write an email in block capitals and bold, you're actually shouting at people. Uh, Sometimes I forget to take the caps lock off, so if you've received an email from me and it's all in capitals, I'm not shouting at you, I promise. But here's Jesus saying something loud and clear in very extreme ways to get the disciples to understand that their carelessness, their need to try to contain this, their ministry, this, their franchise, this, their copyright, trying to protect Jesus, to contain him, to move him, to manage him, to move his power where they say it should be, it is a very dangerous and it can cause irreparable damage to the most vulnerable within the body of Christ. And Jesus said, try not to worry about this. Because surely, if this person is using my name and doing good, this is part of their journey. Jesus turns the stumbling blocks to become intimately part of what the disciples were doing. The stumbling blocks he was saying are not outside yourselves. These little ones of mine are not the stumbling blocks. It's your attitude. It's your practices. It's the, those, the way we've always done it sort of thing. It's entrenched attitudes. Long-held standpoints. He's using violent words against these things. Clearly, Jesus is not saying, well, you better cut your hand off, put your eyes out and chop your legs off and put a millstone round your neck and throw yourself into the sea, he's shocking them into realising that they think they've got it taped. They think they've got a Jesus franchise. They think they've got him in their marketing. They think they've got him in their strapline and logo. No, they haven't. It can be a painful thing to rid oneself of stumbling blocks. We must constantly be ready to be on a journey... We are to be a place for all people, not a patronising place, a sense that we've got something to offer, but a place where people can come and their pilgrimage can continue, where they can grow and be nourished and come to know more of this Jesus that they are following, that they are hungering after. It is the image of dying to self. We are called as disciples to take up our cross daily, This is the sort of thing Jesus wants. He wants what John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Jesus talks in intensely pastoral and compassionate ways. The contrast that his disciples is remarkable. These little ones who believe in me. 
Remember Jesus saying to disciples, Fear not, little flock. Jesus, the ultimate, gentle, yet strong and powerful shepherd. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Here, the disciples were reducing the possibilities. But Jesus makes space for possibilities. There's no doubt about it. We still have to preach the gospel, the good news, in a very, very clear way. But it is not our gospel. It is not our good news. This is not just our Jesus. Jesus is out in the world, extending his kingdom. We must be ready to join with those whom Christ is touching. We cannot even try to control the brand name, because the brand name is a person. And through the power of God's Holy Spirit, Christ works with these little ones of his. He says to the disciples, have salt in yourselves. Remember Jesus said to the disciples, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Be at peace with one another. There's a sense in which Jesus is saying, you are on a journey. Salt and fire, Jesus says, you'll be salted, you'll be fired with salt and salted with fire. We're on a journey of change and transformation. Often when people brought an uh, offering to the temple, and we read this in the Old Testament, uh, the, some of the offerings were mixed with salt. It was a very, very strong symbol of God's ability to purify our offerings, to cleanse them, to make them acceptable. And here Jesus is saying, bring yourself, and through God's Holy Spirit, you'll be purified. What you offer will be acceptable in God's eyes. And be at peace with one another. This happens in community. It doesn't happen individually. It happens together. To be salted with fire is part of our purifying process as we move together as a community. So when people come here to the cathedral, what does the cathedral say about Jesus? Do they see a franchise? Do they see a strap line? Do they see a logo? Do they see a corporate community or company? Or do they respond to Christ? Because this is what they have been looking for. This is our calling to make this place a place for all people on their journey for Christ. Let us join with Christ's little ones in the world as salt and light and journey together towards our goal, which is Jesus Christ. Let us live up to our name as a place for all people, that people on their journey and people seeking will with us gather around Christ. I want, after the service, to do something quite off-piste, thinking about our reading from the New Testament from James. After the service, when the procession's gone out, I will uh, retire to the Shrewsbury Chapel, and I want to ask the, the deacon to come with me, 
And if the virgins could bring uh, the holy oil uh, of healing, I will be there for any who may feel they would like the ministry of healing from the church. Just to come to the Shrewsbury Chapel and to kneel the communion rail, and we will actually obey what has been commanded us today. If any is sick among you, let him ask the elders to pray, and the prayer of faith will raise the sick. This is not extreme stuff. This is what Jesus wants to do for us. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, you too this morning will move closer towards Jesus Christ and transformation. This is nothing strange to us. This is what the church will do. People are not here to follow us. We are here to follow Jesus. As we get nearer together to him, may we be transformed through the power of God's Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.